0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. We are thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the touchiest topics with a touch of what, Terence? Uh, as much as possible, humor, humor. Yeah, as much as possible, possible. touchiest, touchiest topics with a touch of humor. It's all touchy today, man. Yeah. Maybe not it's yeah. not the best word, uh. It's a very terrible word to use in light of yeah, in light of what word. we're discussing, yeah. Oh shit. Insensitive <laughs> I was brick. so I was so psyched up to talk about the topic because I think it's so damn important and I just mm. shot
1: myself in the foot. Yeah, yeah. Which but, is a theme of the the topic as well, la, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Like you wanted to, to do something good but you ended up like fucking things up, la, right?
0: Exactly mm. And exactly.
1: what Before that Before that, What what's what the one thing We always have to do Before we jump into um, the topic Is that This podcast If If you have been listening to it For a while If you're listening to
0: this For the first time And if at any point It brought you some joy Some clarity Some Some Confusion Which you sorted out later By doing your own searching By basically By making you think It would be great If you could just share it With other people uh, Who may not have heard Of, of our podcast Because we've been doing this for a year plus in, we have got like 1.4 million streams. It's been so awesome to see it grow and we just want to keep it growing. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So Keep it growing, man. So yes, back to the main topic which is what is the, the uh, main topic of the day?
0: The bombshell that during yesterday's parliamentary session um, which was stream live as it always is, mm. um, r- workers' party, politician. Uh, Workers, Workers' Party minister raisha khan admitted mm. um to lying about accompanying the rape victim to police stations uh, police station which was an anecdote that she had shared previously uh and been grilled about in the pa- over the past few months mm, mm,
1: mm. that's right that's right and it was a
0: bombshell and the first 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 way i found out about it was a message from terence uh
1: was it oh, yeah yeah a yeah. message <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, i wait, think wait, that was wait, the, wait. the, the we're having a. It was a drive-through message, Right, a drive-through. Message. Drive-through meaning what? As in oh no, no, I, no because I was you passing you to you something and then and then yeah. you drove past and I shouted at you. Hey, hey do you hear about <laughs> this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you messaged me first, but because
0: I was driving, I couldn't check. And then you gave me the, the in-person message also. And yes. when I heard it, I was like, oh no.
1: Yes. But what was, what was your first thought when you saw the news, uh? Um. Actually, the the funny thing is that I got actually it was a listener of uh, Yalabat and a friend also. You know, um, shout out to Don, uh, who messaged me personally on on Facebook, say, "Hey, are you watching this shit on on um uh in the parliamentary pro- proceedings? It's a bombshell, bombshell announcement." So I was like, "Oh, so he was getting the live updates. He was watching it live." I is think it? he was watching it live, man. Then then he, I was like, "Uh, no, I'm like outside right now, but." Well, what's up, man? What's happening? And he told me, Raisha Khan admitted she lied. And I was like, oh fuck. So I was like, yeah. um I thought I thought I thought the the image I had in my mind at that point was that she had been, you know, put on the stand, you know, so the, so the proverbial put on the stand by Shanmugam Mugam again. And she finally mm. buckled under the pressure, lah, you know. But uh yeah. turns out turns out it wasn't like that. La. She it was a it was actually a prepared statement that she made to admit that actually uh, yeah, this all had been going on. Yeah, so there is a clip online um,
0: that's about 30 minutes long of the entire interaction between her reading her own uh, admission, which is actually not that long, mm. um, and then being questioned by leader of the house, uh, Inrani Rajal. Mm. But, but maybe just to give a, an overview, a timeline of all the incidents that led up to this, mm. um,
1: shall I do the honours? You're asking me whether you you shall do the honours of, yes. of of going through all your tabs and everything. Yeah, yeah. Say no. Can I say no? Nope. <laughs> no choice. <laughs> uh, we have to sit through it. We know we have to sit through it. So no, everyone I wanted
0: gritty. to make it make it sound like a collaborative discussion la, but I'm glad you know that I only had one answer in mind. La.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Because I know. I, so, I know this is a big part of your, your day la, like you know, lining up the whole timeline in tabs so that you can go one tap after another. You
0: know. Yeah, that's why. Exactly. That's my jam, mm. man. Mm. That is my jam. Correct, correct, But yes, so it all started back on August 3rd, which were when there was a debate on a motion about empowering women, uh, which is what uh, the motion was filed by uh, Raisha Khan. And uh, a big part of it... Okay, so the context is we've actually done uh, a total of... Uh, four podcasts um, where Raisha Khan was kind of at the center or on the periphery of the stories that were covered. Yalabad, uh, the GE edition number six, um, Mm -hmm. which was back in July last year. GE edition number seven, July last year. Yalabad 106 back in November. And Yalabad 215 um, back in October this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the podcasts was also... Uh, we did at the time when this whole thing uh, started getting traction. So, on August 3rd, um, she filed a motion uh, about empowering women and it covered a lot of good points. But one of the points was a personal anecdote that she shared where she stated that she had accompanied a rape survivor to a police station to make a police report three years prior and that the 25-year-old woman came out of the police station crying because one of the police officers had allegedly made comments about her dressing and the fact that she had been drinking. Mm. So, Already, some ministers like Desmond Tan um, pushed back, uh, asking for more details. And in that session itself, Raisha Khan declined, saying she did not wish to re-traumatize the victim and that she had not been able to contact the woman since the incident. So, in Rani Raja, who was the leader of House then, she also reminded that, okay, if you want to make um, any allegations, you have to substantiate it. Mm-hmm. Um, then on October 4th, uh, Law and Home Affairs Minister Shamogam uh, kind of followed up and pressed ms raisha for more details um, mm-hmm. the police had already gone to work and found no cases yeah um, and raisha stated that her account was true but um declined to reveal anything because of confidentiality mm-hmm. and then Shamugam said the police will carry on then on october 20th uh, Shamugan came with the details of an investigation with no uh where and continued to press uh, Ms. Raisha Khan for info, and she, she repeatedly said that she will not disclose anything because of confidentiality. La. Mm. And then, I think we all saw articles about how the police was going to follow up with investigations and all that. And then, yesterday was when she delivered the bombshell. La. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. So,
0: that was, that was what happened. There was a lot of conversations. There were a lot of statements put out by, you know, um, even groups like AWARE, which mm. I will get to later.
1: Yeah. But...
0: Um, what were some of the thoughts that were running through your mind
1: as you uncovered the details of this revelation uh i mean i i would i guess the, I, th- I think the first emotion that i felt really was about uh anger lah, anger you know because mm. I felt like um yeah it was just really like uh she she'd basically done a very i mean let, let's just talk about politics lah, right she basically had has taken you know, um, you know, Workers Party. I think quite a few steps back, la. In spite of mm. all the progress that they've made, you know, having being the leader. I mean, having a leader of the opposition in an official capacity after the last election, and uh, you know winning Senkang was not easy feat, like Right, you know, she, her and her team, and in spite of all that, um, the, you know that the drama that went through during GE when she was called out for some of her old tweets that seemed to be inciting racial uh divides uh, you know causing racial divides and tensions and things and then um Pritam mm. you know came forward made very good speech and and stood by her stood by their choice of a candidate and everything um i think i think basically wwp put a lot of their their brownie points on the table in exchange for her la right uh in mm. order to 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 ingratiate her to the uh, to the Singaporean masses la. but uh, you know and, and this is all amidst all the um, you know Kelvin Cheng making fun of her for being like a really uh, coming from a really wealthy background la, right you know and saying mm. she's out of touch and, and, and she's you know she's she's this hypocritical uh, leftist who's like completely out of touch with reality but then claiming to be fighting for people's rights and the, you know the the common man on the ground and things like that yeah so yeah, I mean, I just felt like so much political capital was expended by the WP to, to, to you know, uh, go through all that get her into parliament, and and this is how she you know performs uh, in parliament. It hasn't even been that long, right? Like slightly over a year and you know? all, and already like wow, such a big scandal that that um, literally needs the she she needs to be referred to the committee of privilege, uh, right? Which is mm. uh, do you do you talk about that already? Uh no not yet. Ah yes yes so so it means it's really bloody serious because the last time this committee of privilege was brought up was during JB Jernam's time and when he was in Parliament. My goodness, mm, who,
0: Yeah, who probably people listening they might not even know they might have heard of him but they don't even know the extent to which he was involved in Singapore politics.
1: Huh? yeah yeah yeah. JB Jernam was the. I mean, the, the long story short, he was like pretty much like the the face of opposition politics for a long time in Singapore. Like, right. And mm. he he was a uh, head of the workers party and um, you know he he fought tooth and nail against uh, Lee Kuan Yew. and a lot of times they you know the they used a lot of uh, different uh, ways of silencing him, not say silencing him that but but basically um, there, were, there were a lot of efforts to to show that he was not of uh, of sound character or sound mind and everything. And you uh, know he, mm. he got sued until his pants dropped. I remember there was one time, I came out, I walked out of um, Raffles City MRT, and he mm. was there, man. He was there like uh, ringing a, a you know a bell that you hold in your hand, ringing yeah. a bell, and selling yeah. copies of his book uh, to fund his to fund the um, his lawsuit, defamation right? the defamation fees he had to pay uh, to to Lee Kuan Yew and Lee Hsien Long or Go Chok Tong. I can't remember lah. But yeah, he was mm. literally peddling his book, trying to sell on the streets to get the word out, so, and everyone like, you know, avoided eye contact with him and and all because that. that back then, that was how taboo being part of the opposition was, lah. Right? Um, yeah. Because it was so contentious between PAP and opposition, and you, everyone saw what what the uh, PAP would do to opposition members, lah. Right? And and they were scared. Um. But that's why it's such a different world now, and and it's a world where someone like Raisha Khan um in spite of having been called out for her tweets and all that in during the election in the midst of a very heated election still managed to to squeeze in like, and squeeze in with a pretty healthy margin of four percent with the, the workers mm. party team and yeah and, and she squandered she squandered the opportunity you know to to really present wp as like a proper opposition to the pap like. yeah yeah so, so, so that's maybe how i felt maybe like, maybe yeah.
0: Maybe yeah, like just to spend a bit of time on the committee of privileges because I never mm. knew that this damn committee existed. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. and it is essentially a committee that kind of uh, reviews yeah the, the privileges accorded to ministers and any breaches of that privilege. Like. And there are eight MPs who are on the on the on the on the committee. Uh, so Indrani and Shamugam are on the committee. Mm. <laughs> mm. <Yes. laughs> but they have decided to recluse themselves from this case yep. the other members there's Tan Chuan Jin who's the Speaker of Parliament uh, Minister for Sustainability and Environment Grace Fu Minister Desmond Lee the one who is who, the housing man uh, the HDB man mm-hmm. um, Masago Zoukifli and one uh w- one more PAP for PAP MP called Don Wee and one opposition party member Dennis Tan mm-hmm. but the reason why I think this is important is because the, the incident that you mentioned just now right was the last time an MP has been referred to the committee of privileges because they do yes. reports la. Yeah. and I think the analogy I guess in my mind is like okay if you the and a report was done say for example in 1996 like I think the most recent report against Dr. Chief Sun Juan uh, mm-hmm. and other politicians from the SDP but it was almost like in Rani the teacher kind of telling the headmaster okay I think these boys did something bad mm-hmm. uh, you go and investigate. Whereas yeah. this one Indrani is literally telling Raisha Khan, "You go to the headmaster." Yeah, yeah, because it's a.
1: Uh, you watch the thing. She she it was almost like she's directly admonishing Raisha Khan directly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. so I think that is a because the the committee puts out like a,
0: quite a few reports, but for an MP to be referred directly to the committee, um, it's a big thing, lah, and the punishment. It can go up to. Um, uh, you can get a fine. You can get. You can be sent to prison. Mm. You can be have your p- privileges as an MP removed. You could be admonished. They say you could be reprimanded. Reprimanded. I don't know mm. what the fuck that means. It means you go to Parliament. You just gonna scold everyone. Shout shame, shame, shame. Um, but I think there are there are repercussions. Like, but, but you know, you brought that up. That's almost the outcome, right? But yeah, I think there are a lot since then uh everyone has shared their thoughts on Instagram, Facebook, even Bertha Hansen, Sudir aware. Um but maybe be- before we can get into that, I also will share the fact that I'm also pissed la. I'm mm, mm. I like the more I read it, the more I watched the thirty minute thing. And the thirty minute thing I, I actually thought in Rani Raja was very uh how you say uh, uh very decent in the way she did it. La. Mm. Because the fact is Raisha Khan did did um come out saying that she is a victim of sexual assault. So, I think everybody needs to show some sort of empathy and compassion there, which is yeah. what uh, in Rani Raja did at the at the start. Yeah. Um, but after that, she proceeded to kind of question Raisha Khan, and it just made it all the more obvious the scale of the, the offense that Raisha Khan did. La, because she basically lied three times. No? Mm, Once okay. during the first thing, When Shamugam questioned her again on October 4th, she lied again. On August 4th and then October 20th, she lied again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and you listen? To to kind of play devil's advocate somewhat, right? Um, What about those people who, I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot of comments online saying, how about those times that the PAP lied? Say, for example, when Vivian Balakrishnan said that Trace Together will never trace anything other than your, you know, location purely for the Purely for you know, virus tracing, contact tracing purposes, la and it turns out hmm. that actually the police could actually have access to it if they went through a court as well, lah, right? Um, but hmm. well, what do you think of? I mean, they a lot of people saying that's also a lie, wa, but now that of course it's Workers' Party, then, then you know they're they're, they're making such a big fuss about it. What do you think of you? I who mean,
0: say that? that one I think is the unfortunate reality of the imbalance in Parliament, lah. Because, okay, you look at how this panned out, right, the fact that I also saw some people speculating that, you know, there was maybe someone from ISD who went into the sexual survivors uh, group chat that uh, Raisha Khan is part of and that gave them enough firepower to know that, okay, she did not have the details which made Shamugam and his team zero in right from the start and and do everything a uh, fucking shrewd politician would do, you know. Um, and mm. and it just made me think, oh shit! Like maybe maybe they knew they knew they had a case, which is why right from the start, Shamugam went all in, like. And you can only do that with access to resources, with being the minister of home affairs. Who knows? Maybe someone is listening to our podcast. Mm. You know, if mm. you're from ISD or if you're Shamugam yourself, hello. You yeah. know, uh, thanks for the listens. Uh, and hopefully, we can continue making podcasts. Yeah. But the the thing is, I think. That is the unfortunate reality. And that's why I think for any opposition party, they are facing a fucking uphill task. And they kind of need to be extra careful, unfortunately. right? Yeah. Um, and I remember when we were talking about the the last podcast we did where just questioning the process of uh, maybe vetting of Raisha Khan's statement before it went out to parliament. Mm, and mm. I do recall feeling like, eh, how come there was no check. Uh. I know they already overloaded with a lot of work, but if you mm. want to make that sort of allegations, can't just be she she did it on her own without consulting the party, right? Yeah, so,
1: and multiple times as well. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, so so I guess to answer your question, I think that is a very good point mm. <laughs> because it's almost when Vivian Balakrishnan himself kind of admitted that, okay, he was wrong. It was just swept under the carpet, lah, right?
1: Yeah, correct, correct. But um, well, yeah, this is it's, uh. At, the, at some point you just got to ask like you know everyone every time every time you tell a lie especially a lie of a scale like this right there always is a point mm. in your mind where you ask yourself do the do the ends justify the means right and you know mm. so I mean you could tell certain. I mean everyone in in life you tell certain white lies about certain things right um, I mean I, I I can't speak for you but for myself that kind of thing like, you know you know so, so like, certain times you don't tell your loved ones things because you want to protect them or not have them worry about you doing something or what lah, right? You know, um, mm. I, well, of course, of course. But there's always a point where you like you make a decision about what you want to tell them, right? In your head. But when it comes to things like giving a speech and having to write it and then having to submit it for vetting and after that having to literally, perf- I mean, it's a performative thing, right? They're giving a speech in parliament. Technically, you could just email email this thing and ask everyone to read it as well, but giving the speech is part of the parliamentary process. La. So to yeah. go through all that means there must have been several points at which she had a chance to think, hey, this thing that I'm sharing, this big story about, um, you know, that 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 puts not only the police in a pretty bad light, but also is sharing a story, uh, you know, that turns out there's someone else's story, la, right? Uh, someone else's mm. story of being raped and, and having a bad experience with police. To, to sort of just take that as your own and then after that, sort sort of plant yourself almost in the center of the of the whole debacle, right? I I mean, I can't help it, lah, but I just there's this there's just every uh, everything I'm reading about na- how narcissists behave, that feels like the kind of narcissistic kind of behavior. You know? Mm. Where you feel like you can get away with telling half truths all the time or you just straight out lies. And 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 you plant yourself at the center as the as the almost like the focal point of this, of or something like that, like right? You know, because actually, yeah. if you yeah. think about it, right? If you think about it, if she had just said that, she she could have said it any other way. She didn't have to admit that she was a survivor of a, of a of a of a, of, of sexual assault, right? And, and okay, just mm. okay, just before that, I'm I'm not I'm not downplaying her experience as a survivor of sexual assault at all, right? But I'm just saying. Mm. If she really felt the ends justified the means, right? That means where she had to embellish the story slightly to make it feel real and, and make it much more uh, palatable for people. All she needed to say was that maybe she was volunteering, you know, as a chaperone or something like that to help to help a, a woman's group, right? Or of sexual assault survivors. Mm. And mm-hmm. she happened, she happened to hear a story from another survivor that this blah, blah, blah happened, right? Mm. But the fact that she cooked up that whole thing about having a company in the person to the police, and she came out crying and all that—that's not just like, I mean, it's a whole sequence of events that she has just cooked up, you know, to, to 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 make her story to embellish her story. You know, it's not just a minor fact that it's like it's like yeah, it's like really placing yourself in there like inception like that, like you know, where you put yourself mm. in that in that thing that happened when you when it never happened. Uh. So. I mean, even if you want to tell a lie, you you gotta think about what kind of lie to tell. La. So that's why I, I don't really buy by her like, you know, suddenly saying that, oh, I didn't have the courage to come forward as a as a member of the group. That's why I, I cooked up this story to, you know, to to to, to tell the story like as it is, lah. You know? Yeah. That, 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 I mean- that doesn't fly to me because there's another there's so many other ways that she could have mentioned that she knows about this story, but it was it didn't she was not at the she was not at the center of it, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that was what also, when if you see her statement, right, Um, she starts off by saying that, uh, okay, the fact that she shared an anecdote, uh, she was not present, and then the, the the anecdote was shared by the survivor and a woman support group, a woman which I was a part of, and then she goes on to share her personal experience before coming back to, to the issue. And that's where, honestly, when I read that already, I felt like, you can, like, as much as yeah, like she. I can't imagine the trauma of being a survivor of a sexual um uh, uh sexual assault or or anything of that nature to mm. kind of make it put that at the front and center of the reason why you told that. I felt it's like uh, I don't know. It's it kind of lessens the sincerity of the apology. I feel like yeah. it just made me feel like you're okay, like um are we supposed to feel less bad that you lied in parliament because of this? Because when, when like, the question, the points that you just made, Indrani Raja literally said that in court. She said, could you not have just told the same story by saying, you heard, mm. not that you were there, you yeah. heard. And Raisha Khan admitted that, yeah, she could have, but she also kind of explained that at that point in time, what was going through her mind was that um, she had not even been open about the sexual assault case with her family and friends and she was processing all that at the time. La. Which again feels like uh,
1: I mean but, okay, yeah, we like, mentioned you know, it's know, a it's a very long process. There are many times to process this. Yeah. It's not just a one like she's standing there and she's like put at gunpoint to tell her speech. You know?
0: Yeah it's it's two months. It's since August 4th to October. And like already being a politician is a fucking hard job. There's a lot of pressure. So so that's why when I read like okay so just to to play devil's advocate also i do see some people saying that okay you know everybody makes mistakes she's young um and she she's learning the point is it got the conversation started even our our good friend sudhir mm-hmm. uh he posted something saying along the lines of like okay he he's still in shock um he he, has, he he feels very sad to write something negative about WP because in his words, it has been six years since i said anything negative about WP and it pains me to write this. Um, and that, yeah, like, he empathizes with Raisha Khan, but he did point out two things that I thought is not also being fair. And and I mean, I know he's he's traveling now. Probably we will get him in on a podcast at some mm. point in future. But just to take what he posted um, about how that maybe there were too many expectations played on her um. Maybe that, uh, you know, on because her, she's, on her. yeah, placed on her, um, she's in Singapore's first female minority opposition candidate, the youngest parliamentarian, the champion of youth, an emerging em, emerging feminist icon, um, and that he she might not be aware that she's aware of her position and elected representative of Singaporeans, right? What do you make of, of that? Because that is probably a lot more detailed uh, version of the sentiments that I'm seeing on Twitter, especially mm. Twitter, about how... Yeah, you know, like fuck the headlines for kind of focusing on the fact that yeah, she told the mistruth, but what about the, the the fact that some the allegations still stands and all that? What do you make of that, uh?
1: Um the allegations that 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 uh No no
0: as in that, that, that kind of thing that okay, she's the youngest parliamentarian. Uh, there's never been anyone like her before like, in parliament. That we yeah. we should
1: cut her some slack and all that, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean uh I I, I uh, I mean, I think there, there, as you as you, as you see in the comments, there are a lot of calls for her to resign, and I think uh, they do not come purely from from PAP supporters lah. I think a lot of them mm. are actually coming from opposition supporters who basically are very disappointed with her behaviour. They might not be mm. constituents of Sengkang, you know. You're not a constituent of Sengkang. I'm not constituent constituent of Sengkang but I think. If you are you know so-called fighting the good fight, lah, right the opposition fighting the, the the fight against against a one party state and, and, and everything you know which philosoph- philosophically I can, I, I, can I, I can vibe with that lah. I can vibe with that you know the the fact that you know having having a one-party state for that many years uh, is not good for Singapore lah, right. Um, mm. But in that case you need to be you know, you need to be held to a higher standard lah, unfortunately and uh mm. if your age or your experience or your immaturity or what doesn't cut it it doesn't cut it lah. you know there's no room mm. for there's no room for trying out or, or or you know internship or apprenticeship or things like that i think from day one you have to hit the ground running already um mm. that's why Abby, i i respect you know like like uh, the fact that someone like nicosia when she first when she first came to the scene and all I think in the early days, the you know she was a lot more emotional and and, and, and even on camera and everything she was a lot more emotional and all that right, and then mm. you know then she stepped away from the limelight for a while and you know worked and and had a family and everything and and, and just probably just matured lah, you know just as you get older you know when you know you, you get gain a different perspective when you live overseas you gain a different perspective, then after that she she really like okay I'll come back and I want to do politics and then you know, uh who who she also changed the, her political allegiances and things like that, la, right. So so mm. I, I respect the fact that, you know, it's not the kind of thing where you just try once, you know, because you're the you're the you're the you're the it you're the the in thing at the moment. You just try once and you you don't get it then you just fuck off forever, like, you know. But but yeah. you try and try again you know even if you don't get into the in parliament this time you think about it long term and and what you're trying to do long term and and all that like and even find a find a sustainable way for it to be your to to be your career I think like Nicosia if I'm not wrong she still still has a main job like, right I'm not sure if she's a full- time mm. politician or all that like, but but my point is my point is that yeah some some things you really just cannot get with youth like, right you know you won't get that, yeah. that level of experience. You won't get that level of maturity. You won't get that level of um uh, uh, insight la, that an older person need, yeah, can can bring and, and I mean everyone will bring up, oh, how about someone like Mark Zuckerberg? You know, he's yeah, yeah, but that's that's he started a business. But remember he's been he's been shepherded by a lot of more experienced older people around him as well, like Sheryl Sandberg and, mm. and a lot of uh, advisors that he, they're able to get around him and all. So it's not like he was just a one person team, like right? so in some sense, if you, if if the, even she might be the youngest person on the team, on but if she's a real, and this is a very tough word to use, if she's a real liability to the team, right? At some mm. point, you just got to cut your losses and, and just like, okay, enough enough drama with this person already. We need to find someone who, yeah. who understands the gravity of the situation, lah.
0: Yeah, because I mean, who knows what's gonna happen with the committee of privileges? Who knows what she's gonna do? Who knows what Pritam Singh is gonna do? But mm. to be no, actually, this is pers-
1: actually, actually interesting. Like the committee of privileges, she could actually end up going to jail, Right? Yeah, she could. Yeah. She could end up going
0: to jail. Yeah. So How would that work
1: as a, so, uh, as an MP and all, I don't understand. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: would you need to step God, down like, first or what? You know.
0: I think I think you probably step down. I don't. I, I'm guessing the jail that you get sent to. I don't know, man. Like because you like, know there's like, probably different
1: tiers of jail, <laughs> yeah, also, right? Yeah, exactly. Home, maybe <laughs> home, home arrest or home arrest jail, home jail. I home don't
0: jail. know. Maybe don't just like paint paint the whole room white or something so that you know there's no blue anywhere. There's no blue yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But oh, but I saying, mean, yeah. yeah. Barring the outcome of that and all, and I I honestly, if she carries on as a politician of WP, I think that's the worst thing they could do. Uh, because
1: mm. now so you're at saying this regardless point, regardless of what she's sentenced with. Even if she's just given, given a very light, like, uh warning or something like that. WP a reprimand. Should, a reprimand yeah, uh, yeah, you're saying WP uh, should still drop her. La.
0: I think so. Because to me right now, like, if you ask me, I have lost a lot of, um faith in her as a politician. But to me, it's like, wait, so how did that get through as an official statement from one of your MPs? Mm. And I know, opposition parties, they really lead the a fucking, like they're going up, a, pushing like a five-ton brick up a hill. But this, if she carries on, right, it would it would just be, I, I think the whole message of, you know, we stand with her, people, we will come out stronger of this. I'm like, no, in this position, cannot. Like, I, I cannot accept it. That's how I feel now. It yeah. might evolve over the next few days. But I feel if she stays on, if she doesn't step down, if Britain doesn't, it just they lose a lot of the, the, the trust that has been built up. Like, and I think they've done a damn good job so far. Yeah. Um, I think of all the opposition leaders and all that, you look at people like Pritham um, uh, and the some of the other MPs who are in Parliament, yeah, they they're they're good like, you know, and, and I look at them, I'm like, okay, I, I respect these politicians, I trust them. But for this, right, because it just like, and we have just been talking about the repercussions of the opposition party. What about the repercussions for actual victims and survivors of sexual assault? Mm. Um, what about, even you look at a group aware, right? Mm. When Shamugam first grilled um, Raisha Khan on August 4th, they came out with a statement saying that, um, you know, uh literally believe that when a survivor discloses their experience of sexual violence and associated tr- to trauma to someone that the responder has certain ethical ob- ethical obligations regarding confidentiality. Like essentially saying if she chooses not to disclose it, you have to respect it. And this yeah. was on uh 4th October like, when yeah. Shamugam also agreed. Then yesterday they came out saying, Yeah, you know, like shocked and disappointed. And I thought their statement was previously worded, and they did address the fact that they were calling for confidentiality back then. But mm. For me, the broader imp- uh, repercussions, right, is that if you look over the past year, there were so many people standing with Raisha Khan. Mm. You know, like, shitting on the fact that people were questioning the allegations she made about race. And, like, you get all these people who, like, um, were... were she, she, she was seen as a, as a bastion of what is morally right and the youth and all that. like, And I think mm. that is a huge fucking uh, dent now because... Like even uh even my girlfriend said she met someone today uh, when she was out saying that they feel embarrassed right now mm. for having been such Siding, a vocal advocate yeah. about Raisha Khan. Mm. And mm. I feel if that is the impact, right? Holy shit man, yeah. um it's just gonna cause a lot of of divide and repercussions and I can tell you Shui is probably Lining it up. Lining it up. (laughs) No million
1: view video coming up.
0: (laughs) She's like, yo, man, the universe likes me, man. What is
1: up? Yeah. I mean, the. So. I will like, at this point, I think it's very appropriate to quote a a line from a John Mayer song. You know, fool mm. me once, I let it be. Fool me twice, you're dead to me. And three times makes you family. So, the point is, (laughs) like, the point is, I mean, if you really spare her this time, right, it feels like you're in an abusive relationship. La, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, mm. like, like pretty time her, la, you know. You already had yeah. to help her. You already had, had to drag her out of the mud the first time already. And this time, if it happens again, I mean, you got to just, yeah, like I say, la, cut your losses, you know, cut off the anchor and then just move on already. La. If not, you, mm. you, you, you if you you know, stand by her again, for what, you know, then it just feels like you are, You are, I mean, ironically, party to an abusive relationship. Someone who keeps fucking up and you just keep saying, oh yeah, you know, she's learning. She's young. She's learning. Her heart is in the right place. That's exactly what an abuse victim says, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean so 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 that's why uh, following on that right when I say that I think she should no longer be part of WP I, I think she can still fight the good fight in fact I think she would, she would do a great job as an activist because people know her people know what she stands for mm. granted what she tried to do maybe wasn't done in the best way but she now has, a lot more visibility and a much louder voice, Mm, mm, right? So she can still carry on that. The the thing is, if you're a politician, if you're an elected member of parliament or the opposition somewhere, yeah, you really need to be held at a higher standard because if you Mm. kind of do things, something like this repeatedly, Mm. it just reflects so much on your political party, the people who support you, Mm. and the whole... I mean, even the the SJW, right? Mm. Now I can so imagine people who are anti-SJW, anti woke kind of using this as a case. Like, see, this is what happens when you, what you're arguing for is morally right, but without facts.
1: Yes, 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 yes. And, and I think uh, I think you you raised a good point about um, about um, uh, what was it? Uh? You raised a good point that it's it's not based on uh facts, like, A lot of the 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 things that um she i mean she said it wasn't i mean basically she cooked up a story like right and then being um there's a bit of a difference between being an activist and being a politician i feel mm, and i think uh, when yeah. we spoke to sudhir before he also pointed that out that, that you know being an activist and, and being a politician uh, different different means and different ends right so an activist really is about calling you know raising awareness and 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 trying to effect change via raising awareness, right? And and Mm. if that involves a lot of, uh, you know, rattling the chains and everything, uh, you make a lot of noise. You know, people don't hold you to that standard of like, okay, everything you say can and will be used against you. You know, like you better back up everything you say or what, right? Mm. But Mm. when you talk about politics, that's literally like, you know, the shit is being live streamed. Parliamentary sessions are being live streamed. Yeah, every single word you say is being scrutinized. And yeah, it's just a different standard, lah. So yeah lah, Maybe maybe activists really don't don't make the best politicians after all, lah.
0: I mean, you think about it. Like we speak a lot about politics, and you know, all, but mm. I will never imagine myself being a politician
1: because I will suck mm. at it.
0: Yeah, I will suck yeah. so bad yeah.
1: that I will be an embarrassment to every every, every, every small every wave of yours will be like <laughs> hypocritical, Because <laughs> you're like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing here? If that's you yeah. What that's
0: why. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, in Parliament, if I cannot say like, "Hey, fuck this and all that, fuck. Cannot. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I probably can lah, but you just feel like, um yeah, so I totally admit, but I still care a lot about issues. We still talk a lot about issues that right. we want to talk about, but yeah, you can still do it. And and I think at this point, well, it, it it's, I, I can't imagine WP not doing anything if Raisha Khan can still carry on as a politician but who knows? Mm. who mm. knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, on yeah. on Reddit, on Singapore Reddit and all, generally, I think, yeah, like, she's being called out. It's only on Twitter. La. On Twitter, I see a lot of kind of people still supporting her and like, uh, I mean, you can still support, but mm. kind of, kind of like uh, condoning, is that the word? The correct yeah. word?
1: Condoning her, her lies. La. But yeah, like, you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of uh, people that we speak to off the record that say, they they yeah, they don't like the cloud chasing that a lot of uh, so called activists and all that do lah, right. Whereas they, they you know the the they, they just feel that the the means always justify the ends. Lah. Even if the means, whether it means is lying about something or or you know defaming someone or saying some shit about somebody, the means always justify the ends because the ends are, are good lot right. But yeah. I think in this case it's a very good demonstration of how. Um, yeah, the means don't always justify the answer and also like like the last the, in the last month like, the, the the drama that has been gripping gripping Singapore the NOC drama you also mm. sort of see like where everyone like every time someone like, comes out saying <laughs> yes. saying that oh I stand on the good side of things I'm only looking out for the good of people and all that um, yeah, like, it makes you wonder hey, um, is there really no bad intention or nothing shady going on there you know, it's another reminder. Yeah. So, I mean, also the 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 thing about, you know, like, it just
0: weakens the arguments for a lot of uh, things that people have called out the, the PAP for. Like. Because one thing I didn't mention was, that, you know, we always hear this term, yeah, you use taxpayers' money for this. You use taxpayers' money for it. If the police really had to launch an investigation and all, there's that also, like, right?
1: Mm, mm Yeah.
0: Yeah. But but I mean I, I I recommend everybody to watch the 30 minute exchange with Indrani Raja because the one thing I will give Raisha credit for is I cannot imagine what it feels like to stand in parliament, uh, admit that you lied and have to kind of answer those questions over thirty minutes. Like and I don't think the questions were overly harsh or anything. Mm. But the fact that she could do it um relatively composed. I think that is whoa shit. Okay, that is um, uh I, 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 I've, I, wouldn't wish that on anyone. Mm. But she has to
1: account for what she did, lah. Yeah, but it's hard. It's it's hard even for me to like to really give any credence to anything she says from now on. Like uh, exactly, I, exactly. I, I yeah. Just, like even if she cries or anything, I'll be like, are those real tears? You know? <laughs> mm, like, show me, show me the true. show me the salt content in that tear. You know. Because, like, you, yeah. you just don't know if it's a performance anymore because you know that she's been, she's been you know, embellishing a performance for the last uh, one, two months already, lah, right?
0: Mm, mm, mm. Exactly. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's interesting to see how this debate, like, as I scroll on Twitter, I see another one, at least Raisha Khan had the gut to apologize. What I want is an honest politician. She's a perfect example of one. She also did obviously what? show remorse. I mean what? come on
1: man come on come
0: on come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no get your what? head out of your what? ass come on she's the perfect example of an honest politician so when i see comments like that right, i'm like just shut the fuck up la. like i what i cannot I I I, I I, I i you know the phrase i can't even i hate mm. that phrase but i will say it now i can't even yeah i can't even I can't even ooh
1: yeah ooh ooh you yeah. got to yip <laughs> Gotta, Get, gotta, she has uh, to yeet out she, of the parliament man yeah, yeah. <laughs> way. Anyway, Shee! Um, but yeah la, that's our attempt to connect with the young people because uh, unfortunately yeah, yeah. their role model has disappointed them um well mm. yeah i mean that, that that sort of brings us to uh our slightly goofier topic now right which is also about mm. i mean um not say activists but also fighting for for change, la, but in a different way la, right uh, and this yeah. is, this is over an, uh, an exchange over Twitter between Elon Musk and the United Nations. And what is this topic about? The topic
0: is um, uh, Elon Musk's response to the director of the UN World Food Programme, uh, mm. David Beasley. Mm. Um, he just tweeted something on October 19th. Congratulations to Elon Musk for passing up Jeff Bezos as the world's richest person worth a whopping $221 billion. Mm. Elon, to celebrate, I'm offering you a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Help us save 42 million from st- people from starvation for just $6.6 billion. Offer expires soon and lives do too. Mm. So that was uh, widely uh, liked and uh, retweeted and he went on to say 42 million people are on famine's edge this year an unprecedented global crisis spiked by covid starvation deb- destabilization of nations and mass migration if we do not respond elon musk you made 6 billion just yesterday the exact amount we need to avert catastrophe and the reason why i read that out is because uh, i think those details are important uh, following which the elon musk did re- respond if the World Food Programme can describe on this Twitter thread exactly how 6 billion will solve world hunger, I will sell Tesla stock right now and do it. Mm. Boom! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, then they go on to have a discussion in the Twitter uh, um, a page of Elon Musk where David Beasley responded, I can assure you that we have the systems in place for transparency and open source accounting. Your team can review and work with us to be totally confident of such. So basically... Yeah, Elon Musk seem open to it, provided that yeah, there can be full transparency, open source accounting, so the public sees precisely how the money is spent. Mm-hmm. Um there hasn't been that many updates yet. Yeah. But uh what what made you excited to talk about this? Huh?
1: Um I thought it was interesting because I mean it's it's over Twitter, right? So it's over text. So mm. um a lot of time I mean Elon has been, been behind a lot of uh every time he takes to the internet, it, it's it's sometimes strange things happen right like, like mm. he, he'll, you know he'll call out uh doge or or he'll or he'll um, you know just like take a you know take a you know smoke a bong with like uh, Joe Rogan on his podcast and and that will cause the stock price of Tesla to fluctuate and and this is pretty much the world's richest man who has uh, who really has his place in history books It's like you know leading the electric vehicle charge and and also like leading the even the space exploration charge as well like, right which is like the yeah. kind of the kind of billionaire that the 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 the, the world seems to prefer like a, a bit more Tony Stark iron manish than the kind of billionaire that just you know sits there and just just counts his money like right so mm. so so something like this was quite interesting because i i wasn't 100% sure if he was being serious or or was he just basically Putting down, trolling the, yeah, trolling the 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 UN la, With with, with his mm. What 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 do you think? Uh, when you first saw saw her of this.
0: Um, I mean, I I I like it, and I hope it carries on because just from the outside, I have heard no. as mean, from from people that who have worked in uh, entities like the World Bank and United Nations who have since left, I have heard that the usage of funds is not the the best, right? Mm. Um, And, I mean, there was a Twitter uh, doctor, Dr. Eli David, who, I mean, has a decent following. He's a researcher, lecturer, founder, co-founder of a few companies. And he tweeted in response to um, what the chief of the WFP program tweeted saying, Mm. "Um, 2% of Elon Musk's wealth is 6 billion. In 2020, the UN World Food Program raised 8.4 billion. How come it didn't solve world hunger? Mm. So basically calling out the fact that um, um, if if the chief can say that 6 billion will solve world hunger, uh, feels like they had access to the funds before, what happened? And the chief went on to respond to that tweet saying, the headline not accurate, 6 billion will not solve world hunger, but it will prevent geopolitical instability, mass migration, and save 42 million people on the brink of starvation. Mm. Um, So why I find this exciting is because if there's one person to to help solve a problem as big as world hunger, right, I will place all my bets on Elon Musk. Mm, mm.
1: So, so you you, so, think that, you don't think that it was com- a completely cynical kind of uh, tweet la, when you put that out? I actually don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think with Elon,
0: Elon Musk, you can never really predict whether he's being s- cynical or not. But the fact is, I mean, okay, it's not going to be a matter of like, okay, he needs to... Do, Check his finances at the end of the month to see whether he can afford six point six billion. Mm. Um, he seems like a fairly motivated guy who wants to cure a lot of global issues. Mm. So yeah, I would, I would fucking love it if it, it kind of like uh, brings us all on the right of how the six point six billion is going to be used. Like because I think that is a very common question, right? Like uh, mm. you know, everyone's donating this money. Um, where is it going? And uh, I think donating aid and uh, getting aid to people who need it is a Fucking hard job and probably yeah. so much more expensive than anyone can ever imagine. But mm. it's been a a black hole mystery for a long time la, for various reasons. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's interesting
1: like. But yeah. what about you? I mean the the thing is that the information that he he's asking for, like like is is it's always published like right? There's there's always like all these annual reports and everything that they publish. And I, I did read on certain articles that uh, that 2019 2020 all the annual reports are there for, for Elon to really look through and read look through and read himself. La. So if he really? really wanted to, he could easily do it now. And um yeah, it just seems like that's why that's why a lot of people are saying that it's a it sounds much more cynical than than the actual thing, like isn't that in that if he really wanted information, uh, he of all people would know where to find it or, or how to find it. La, but he wants And then you said you said who was more cynical? Uh, Elon Musk uh, that, that he ah. that, uh, that they're saying that it sounds like he's almost trolling the guy like uh trolling the the UN executive like, by saying like I mean if, yeah like, show me on Twitter you know in on Twitter just tell me how you how the hell you're gonna solve this this issue just with money because you already have they already have money right you know they already raised um money I think mm. the, the six billion will, will feel a shortfall but but the, he wants it to be much more transparent, like who's getting paid what and everything. Because yeah. if if money itself could solve the problem, I don't think um I think that that's what he's saying. Also, if it's just money that could solve the problem, uh then it wouldn't still be an issue at this point, lah, right?
0: Mm. Also you're saying like it's a very subtle play on 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 that thing, la, which I which I agree. I think like it's not a, just a money issue. Mm. Um I think even in recent times, there were cases of like some controversy about UN workers mm. being involved in sort of some sort of demanding sexual services um, from the people in in the areas that they were helping, like. Let me just Google that to make sure I'm not pulling shit out of my ass. But yeah, no, you're, but,
1: you're right, like There is a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, skepticism about the the you know, a lot of these UN programs and all. And how do they? How's the money really mm. spent and does the money really reach the the you know the the recipient like, at the end of the day oh shit yeah so the
0: the i think twenty eighteen if you just google u n workers controversy holy shit there are headlines like oxfam staff uh like were confirmed to have used prostitutes in haiti uh while they were delivering help there so yeah so there's a lot of of um controversy there la. so so what you're saying but do you think uh, just for a thought experiment, do you think if they agreed to have something transparent, Elon Musk would actually, would come through?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the the best shot, lah. He, he's someone who actually uses social media, and actually like um, I mean he, he carries through on stuff he says that he will do. A lot of times he does it late or he does it much later or what, but he actually does does deliver, that, Right, and and yeah, if if, if he's really being challenged, like that if they really. Uh, do something proper, I think, and it, it doesn't feel as orchestrated as like remember when, I think Lee Sian Long was tweeting something about like e payment system in Singapore. Oh then, yeah. <laughs> then the Razor CEO Tan Min Liang, yeah, yeah, you know we we can do it. Give us six months and blah blah, blah. and and yeah, it just felt very orchestrated like That whole thing, and then end up they yeah. you know they they started Razor Pay, but um didn't really get off the ground in Singapore. Like, and then I think as uh, sort of like a few months ago, it got shut down already. Eh? So yeah. Yeah, whereas with Elon Musk, I always feel like, you know, this guy, as rich as he is, as protected as he is, as in his bubble he is, but uh, you know, like, when you listen to something like the Joe Rogan podcast and he talks about how he, he can't sleep at night because like a thousand thoughts are flooding his head about, you know, what problems can he solve and all that. It tells you that this guy, mm. you know, I mean, money is just is just a, a means to an end for him. And the end means, and the end is really about just solving whatever problems that, that that, that uh, he feels are uh, important to solve uh. so I guess the opportunity is there if you can justify why world hunger is that big a problem that can be solved with money you know, he, you know mm. who knows maybe he might just open up his wallet or just sell some Tesla shares uh. yeah
0: because can you imagine like if Elon Musk were to go for a job interview and the interviewer says okay tell me some of the things you've been up to the past few years yeah. what the fuck man yeah. you know I've been used, you know like Creating a an electric car company that's gonna you know take over the world, putting humans on Mars. Yeah. Um, co-founded a company that is you know revolutionizing solar uh, solar power. Yeah. Like holy shit, man! I think I think Sergey Brin or, or Larry Page, one of the Google co-founders, said that uh, when asked how would they solve the biggest issues plaguing uh, mankind, they would say they would give all their money to Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah something something
0: along that those lines i don't know whether it's just a hype a hyperbole or something but but i hope this does, just doesn't die off there because that would be fucking mm, cool yeah. if like there's some There's just like... uh, I mean, there's this concept of building in public uh, amongst like the solo developers who are building their own software companies and where they Mm. share their revenue numbers. And it's quite interesting when you look at some of these these websites, they kind of share, okay, I started off here, I was making $0 a month. Three months in, I'm making $270 a month. So you bring people for the ride. Mm,
1: Correct, correct. So that would be cool, man. Yeah, but yeah. So next time, uh, we'll we'll try something like that also. When we need money, we'll just... Tweet Elon Musk and see see if he wants to help contribute as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, can, can, can. That's yeah. a that's a great idea for anybody who needs money, just tweet Elon Musk. Tweet Elon Musk, yeah. Tweet yeah. Elon Musk and he will come to your rescue. Yeah.
1: But speaking of cool, uh man. you know, going online and putting your thoughts down and trying to get attention and all. Uh what is your one show comment? Uh one short
0: comment, uh, I, I cannot remember if we covered this before, but I read it and I thought it was quite funny. It was a comment on the episode number 221 by Derek SCW, mm. who pointed out that, um, I assume it's a he, uh, Derek, he couldn't help notice how Terrence likes to mention the Streisand effect. Mm. He mentioned mm. it when talking about Shamugam's comments on the Malaysian Army video and the social worker's comments on the Hear You Out episode. In fact, if Terence didn't keep using this term, he, might, he himself might not have known about this effect being so prevalent. In essence, he has created a Streisand effect on the Streisand, Streisand effect.
1: effect. Exactly. Yeah. Because what is the Streisand effect? No, but the Streisand effect, the, the, the thing is I'm not, uh, it's not that I don't want to to promote the Streisand effect. I'm just naming it, that's all. Just, and just by repetition, it becomes familiar. So it's not really the Streisand effect so much. The Streisand effect is you're trying to suppress something at all, you know, not get people to talk about something and, and and but but end up because you mentioned it they keep repeating it like you know what I mean? So, oh, so, so there's that there's that yeah. attempt, to hide. There's, yeah, an attempt yeah. to hide. there's an attempt where to hide. Whereas you're doing the opposite. It. Yes, correct. I want ah. more people to uh, recognize what it is and, and realize that, oh maybe yeah, maybe when we when when shit when there's a PR crisis or something, uh yeah, what what what's the proper approach like, you know? So yours is a is a reverse trycent. Uh, uh, yeah, I am uh, I am trying to get more people to, to think about it and talk about it, you see. Yeah, so it's different. It's different. It's very nuanced. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know when you say it, it's very nuanced, right? Immediately you sound
0: like a douche. Like. If you didn't say that, right, you would have <laughs> sounded like someone humble and, you know, connected, ground to, ground to the, the moment you say that, in my mind, I'm like, okay lah. So he thinks he's better than all of us. Don't be so sensitive. La, don't be so sensitive. I'm fucking sensitive. Okay? I'm damn sensitive today. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, but but still, good comment uh,
1: uh and commentary. La, so thanks. Yeah, yeah What yeah. about yeah. you, man? Uh I think uh the last one short comment was on our last podcast, which which you know yeah, like, was a short one. But uh I, I'm just very glad that, that there's also people who who did um, you know, uh they they, they it's opening up a discussion. That it's more than just about uh you know, the football, whether footballers should be uh should be able to skip manners and all that, la. but it's a bigger discussion about where sports and creativity fit in the grander scheme of uh of things uh, in Singapore. So yeah, I can mm. tell that there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of cynicism and there's a lot of uh uh personal experiences that people have in their lives lah. and, and I, I think these are worth these are stories worth putting down on paper you know because at the end of the day like um, yeah you know like like for example my, my, own, sto- my own story with with, uh, with sports and all was you know I, I, at 16 years old for some reason it was just ingrained in my mind that I cannot make it I cannot play sports anymore already you know mm. and then I'm mm. just thinking like 20-30 years later I'm thinking like huh why is it at 16 years old I was thinking that that I was like, cannot make it. I cannot learn a new sport. I cannot, you know, play any sport and then be good at it or anything like that, lah. Because that completely makes zero sense to to you when you're in your thirties and forties, like, right? Um, mm, but yeah, mm. just that was just ingrained in my mind at point, and then it didn't occur to me until much later that hey, that there was them. Well, why that mindset, like, You know, and then I realized mm, it was a lot yeah. of conditioning from the system and all that, lah. Uh, as much as people mm. are saying maybe you're lazy or no no I, I, I was not lazy like, you know it was a lot of conditioning from the system because I, I, I learned how to play a lot of sports on my own but I always had this like oh I, I, ca- I cannot play for school or anything like that just in building me like, and mm. then, so it's interesting for me to to hear that other people also have these kind of experiences and I think it's good that we're all talking about it like, openly Th- that's because you mentioned in the last podcast as that 42 year
0: old UFC champion right then you're like ah oh, exactly. fuck that could have been me exactly, yeah, because if yeah. you start at 16 you still could have gotten like 26 yeah. years under your belt man
1: yeah you know you, you could have still done a lot of things uh. but I just yeah I just mm. I just remember I was like I just met this South African guy at the gym then he asked me hey dude you should play rugby or something and I was like oh, no no my time is up already I can't play rugby Cause, you know because I was in the school team or all that la. and then mm. but he was like what the fuck are you talking about you're 16 years old man you know, now, at that point, oh, I like... Oh, he told you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. I was like, I was like uh, you don't understand how it works in Singapore. La. But now I look back, I'm like, yeah, actually, that guy was totally right, la. you know? Actually, like even that one
0: ridiculous story of this uh, Kenyan javelin thrower Mm. Julius Yego, Mm -hmm. who started late and he was already super talented, but because of the lack of resources, he he learned to play the javelin by watching YouTube videos. And there's a documentary on YouTube online also. And he started late, and in the end, he won. He became a world champion. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. So
1: if you're 16 out there and thinking that.
0: You would like to give sports a chance? Why not, your, your,
1: man? Yeah, yeah. It's not your your career. Your your yeah, you don't sporting be... career is just beginning. You know.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be in your late thirties. You know, start a a podcast and then realize,
1: <laughs> oh shit! Twenty <laughs> years ago, you should have entered sports. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sad, sad. Yeah, man. By the way, uh, cool. To um, onto one positive thing. What
0: is your one short? And thing? what's okay? Uh, my one short thing is this. Uh, article by the Hollywood Reporter called Will Farrell just wants, you, wants to entertain you and himself. So it's it's a very long op-ed on Will Farrell, the previously Saturday Night Live star and funny man and seen as kind of like a uh, one of the legends of comedy in the US. Like, and, I, and I found it very interesting because I remember when when we were both studying in the US and I used to hear people talk about Will Ferrell like, oh my god, he's the funniest person ever. I never used to get it mm-hmm. And then, even his movies that came out, Anchorman and all that, I always thought they were like, ah, oh, slapstick shit. But over the years, I've really come to appreciate his genius. Mm-hmm. Um, And he himself says that, you he know, he, he doesn't want to do, like, while well, he feels comedy that has messages and like, targets social issues are important, his sort of comedy, he just wants to make people laugh. Like, turn your brain off and laugh. Mm-hmm. And, this article just talks about his philosophy towards uh being a comedian, what what how he entertains him himself, how he likes to entertain a crime. I thought it was very very nice, nice article about about him, like, and, and they have quotes from Paul Rudd, Ryan Reynolds about the genius of Will Ferrell. Like. So this was he interviewed for it as well? Oh yeah, yeah. He, like, it was a sit-down interview with him. But then they interviewed other people. Because he has a series coming out on Apple Plus called the uh, um, the shrink uh, the shrink next door. Mm. Um, and he plays, like, the 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 patient of the shrink. The story is essentially the shrink who, um, by interacting with his patients, soon takes over his patient's life, including his business and all mm. that. Like. I see, I see. And I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, oh, shit, Will Ferrell in a serious role, you don't see that often. But in this article, he talks about how, yeah, there's a tendency for comedians to start off on comedy, then go serious. But he just wants to make people laugh, lah. Like.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah cool.
0: I really like the article. I really like the article. Interesting, it's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I yeah think what I, about you, man?
1: No, I think it's interesting also oh. because like, I think um, yeah, you, you realize actually comedians they're also not not this one big group of people who all were the funniest people in the in the in class and all that, like, right? Mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm, and, and exactly. They also come from a lot of different uh backgrounds and beliefs and but, but all united by wanting to, you know, make uh you know groups of people laugh. La. Yeah. Yeah, like when you were when you were referred to as a stand-up comic
0: you know when we did our stand-up comedian yeah. uh, debut how do you feel uh?
1: cringe cringe <laughs> I
0: was <laughs> like oh yeah like, wait, wait until they actually hear the jokes first then say yeah
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah man because I guess we fall in the the, the vein of
1: comedians la. yeah and yeah. who would have thought man who would have yeah. thought yeah, cool. uh, well yeah What's my one-shot thing? thing is uh kind of related to sports as well but uh, it's it's quite a funny story because apparently this past week uh, Roger Federer has in uh, he was invited to inaugurate a tram that is named after him and and you know that displays pictures of him all the way through his playing career, and this mm. new this new tram is called the Federer Express, uh, literally oh. the Federer Express. So you can actually take a tram. I think it's the number one tram in Basel in Switzerland, and yeah, you can just uh-huh. you will be you'll see pictures of him throughout in uh, inside and outside and. His achieve- and the listing of all his achievements and things like that la. so um, mm. yeah given that uh, everyone's starting to travel again if you happen to be in Switzerland don't forget to stop by the Federal Express seems, seems like a a very uh, strange thing for a sports person to be peddling. you know usually the sports people are peddling like shoes or or something like that but Federal, <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> federal is yeah he's, he's <laughs> oh like the f- s- amb- train ambassador yeah. or something la. yeah and he talks. About, it's quite but sweet, Because uh, he talks about how he used to take the train himself, you know, to 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 go to his training and what he would he would listen to his disc man and things like that to relax, uh. yeah. Does he stay in Basel? No, I think he lives in Monaco now, if I'm not wrong. Like, like it's he all, lives it's all in Monaco. because yeah, rich people do. La, I yeah.
0: thought, I thought he has this this enclave uh, back in Basel, because he's from
1: Basel, right? Yes, yes, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah, mm. he's from there. I'm sure he's got property there and all that, la, But. I think he's with his family. He lives in in Monaco. Yeah. Monaco, but why? Why does the Federal Express sound so familiar? is it a term that's been used before? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just generally it's like a nickname that they that people say whenever he's playing them well, like, You know, uh, like oh, the FedEx, see, the Fe, Federal Express, Like it's just smooth sailing and everything, like you know. So, but see, it's just see, funny see, that it's actually come full circle, and he's literally, you know, uh, a spokesperson for a, a train line in. Switzerland, wow, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it's one of cool, those funny man. things. But yeah, that's my one short cool, thing. Cool, man. All right, so um,
0: thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. And if you have any thoughts, as always on this podcast, you can sh- please share it uh, on our Reddit. The link is in the show notes. Yeah, and and yeah, cool. That that's all. That's all. Is that is that all? Yep. See y'all soon. Okay. Cool. Talk. Bye bye.